Welcome back to the Mario Mancini show with your host, Mario Mancini. Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have a guest today, so I'm Mario's guest, but we might we might get somebody on. I've sent a, a message to someone earlier on Facebook, a guest that you wanted. It's not the porn star, but it's someone from the wrestling business, so that will have to do. If, if he comes on, I don't think so. He didn't reply, so we'll see. Okay. I'll tell you who it is at the end. Okay. All right. Tough week again. Oh, you know, it, it was rough because I was, I was working and I was seeing a couple of clients and all of a sudden I got a text and I looked down and said, all right, Aaron Cheek died. Oh. I had to pause. The clients I actually went, are you okay? I said, no, just lost a friend of mine. And, um, of course that meeting turned into a long meeting in, um, I said it was the Iron Sheik, and the clients ended up being wrestling fans, and then my matches on YouTube came on, and the whole nine yards, and so, but it was it, it, very sad. Um, Sheik was a good guy, you know, he was a good guy, he was an honorable guy, um, he was a pain in the neck, but who wasn't, you know what I mean, um, just just sad. He, he lived to 81. I mean, for the life he lived and what he did, that was a pretty long life for what he put himself through. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he, a lot of funny stories about the Sheik. And, um, you know, if he called you Bubba, then, you know, you're okay with him, you know. So, um, feel really bad that, uh, that we lost the Iron Sheik. Yeah, he's, it's a, it's a terrible thing. Yeah, a lot of people already miss him on, on Facebook because he would, obviously, yeah. uh, obviously it was suddenly, obviously my guess would have been a, a massive heart attack because he had just posted a couple hours before that, you know, um, you know, he was swearing something up, you know what I mean? So, uh. But he was he was a good guy. He was very patriotic. Uh, you know, one of the most patriotic Americans you'll ever you'll ever meet. You know, so uh, nice guy. Obviously, excellent wrestler. He was very dedicated to the WWF, despite um, Vern Gagne telling him, you know, don't do the job tonight. Break Hogan's leg and bring the belt back to Minnesota. You know what I mean? And he did business. He did, you know, he did business. So, and you know what, Vince? He's one of the few guys I feel that Vince really treated right. Because, it, you know, <clears throat> he said, you know, be the bridge for a month and, you know, drop the belt of Hogan and I, I, got, I got good things ahead for you. You know, and they made him and Nikolai, you know, tag team champions. And, and um, you know, he, I think he did really good by, by one of the, you know, few times he did good, good by the Iron Sheik. You know what I mean? So, um, when was the last no. time you, you, you seen him? Oh, years, maybe 10 years. Yeah. Convention. Yeah, it was, 
he was walking around with a cane. I think he was in a wheelchair at the end, but I seen him walking around with a cane and everything. But you know, Sheik always Sheik was always happy when he had his medicine. As long as he had his medicine, his medicine, it was good. He's he's like um one of the only people I think that will ever take kayfabe and his character with him to the grave with the way he carried on, you know, on social media and everything with fuck Hulk Hogan. And we know him and Hulk Hogan are actually cool. But just the way he lived the character till his dying day, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he really didn't like Brian Blair, though. Um, that was a shoot. He, he didn't like Brian Blair. Um, you know, Sheik was one of those guys that, you know, they say in a professional wrestling business, there there's entertainers and there's then there's legitimate tough guys and legitimate shooters. And Sheik was obviously Sheik was a shooter. You know, she can can take you and wrap you up and hurt you anytime he wanted to. But he was he, you know, he was a kind guy, so he wouldn't he was gonna do that. But um he was a legitimate tough guy in the business. He really was. You know, there there were a lot of shooters in there that could really do some damage to you if they wanted to. And he was one of them. You know what I mean? So he, he you know, we all know his history. Uh, I'm sure his documentary is going to go crazy. Uh, everybody's going to watch it. And um, and they should because they'll learn a lot. They'll, they'll learn a lot. Um you know, they'll they'll see how he worked for the United States Olympic team and and everything, and he just he he just he loved this country. So, uh, you know, which is contrary to his, you know, Iran number one, Russia number one, you know, USA two. You know what I mean? It's it was just that was completely opposite of of the life he was really living, but um. You know, he liked the medicine a little a little too much. But that being said, you know, he's not one of these wrestlers that overdosed at forty five years old or fifty. I mean, the guy lived to eighty one years old. So you gotta you gotta give that to him. You know, you gotta give it to him for that. Um, you know, there's the plane story, there's my personal story. You're gonna... <laughs> yeah. Your story with the with the ring gear. Oh, uh, I know we've talked about it before, but we may as well talk about these things tonight, just in case people haven't heard the story about that. So, <clears throat> I had a brainstorm that back in the day, there's only one place you can get professional wrestling trunks, genuine professional wrestling trunks, and only one place you can get professional wrestling boots. Now, certainly, you know, the guys from Texas or whatever, if they had a boot-making company, they special order for their gimmick, their cowboy gimmick or something, or guys like Savage who had a costume maker. It's different. If you're talking traditional professional wrestling trunks, tights, uh, leotard, whatever, um, it was Carl, Carl Hildegard, K&H Wrestling, out of Johnstown, Ohio. And the only place you can get wrestling boots was from B&A Boot Company in Paris, Arkansas. 
to. So I called up K&H. I said, hey, this is Mario Mancini. They're like, hey, Mario, how are you? Oh, oh, you know, uh, what color do you want now? Because I had blue, I had purple, I had white. I, I'm like, you know what? Can you make me a pair of trunks out of the Italian flag? And they're like, absolutely. So, you know, I wanted it. I wanted it a little higher than the waist. So they sent them to me, and I, I looked at them. I tried them on. I'm like, they are fantastic. So now we go to Poughkeepsie, and I put my trunks on. I'm walking around. Nobody's saying anything. Patterson's not saying anything. Vince took a glance. He didn't say anything. Nothing. I'm in the middle of the dressing room. The middle of the dressing room. Sitting down. So I stand up. And the, and the bathroom was way in the back in the showers. And Sheik walks by me and he goes, ah, ah, Mancini, Mancini. I go, uh, yeah, Sheiky, what's up? He that Sheiky's colors. I go, no, no. It's the Italian flag. No, no, Mancini. Those are Sheiky's colors. You can't wear those. I go, Sheik. I just got these trunks. It's the Italian flag. I'm Italian. Mancini is Italian. Those are cheeky. Pat! Pat! Like he was six years old. He called Pat looks. I go, this son of a bitch is calling Pat Patterson on me. Hey, look at Mancini wearing cheeky colors. Look, 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 look. Pat looks. He goes, yeah, you can't wear those. Now, I wasn't the, that kind of wrestler that did TV for the WWF. And and when I wasn't doing TV for the WWF, I was doing all these independent shows. I didn't do that. I relied on the TV tapings and house shows. Terry Garvin would call me to go to house shows. So I I really didn't do any nothing. Even when I got out in 92, after three months before my 26th birthday, I didn't bother with independent pro wrestling at all, whatsoever. So I took him off, and I looked over at Sal Baloma, and I said, hey, Sal. And he looked over, I said, you want a pair of trunks? And I whipped him at him, and he caught him, and he looked at him, he goes, I go, yeah, I can't wear him. Sheik says, I can't wear him. He goes, you want any money for him? I go, no, no, no. Just take them. I was so disgusted. I said, just take them. Fucking chic. Get chic. Break was, my... the only, was that the only kind of, I won't even call it a fallen out, but maybe time you get no. across paths like that creatively? Chic wasn't that kind of guy. Chic, he wasn't that kind of guy. I mean, he, he you know. You know, if I work, I, I, I work with him again and go, Sheiky, you know, Nikolai going to put me over his head? Or are you doing a camera? I did, did the camera clutch. There was that one time I was working with him in Volkov. And I looked up at the board. It was me and somebody else against Sheik and Volkov. And um, I walked over to Nikolai. 
and I said, Nikki, where's um, where's Sheik? He's in the bathroom. So I walk all the way in the back. I go in the bathroom, see nothing. I look under the stall, and I see the horns. Only he's not sitting down. I see the horns. Here. I go, she. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Baba. Yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, Sheik, we're on the first hour. You want to ease up with that shit? <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah. Yeah, baby, you're not worried about nothing with the Sheiky baby. No. No, I go, Sheik, just ease up on that shit, brother. Nah, brother, you okay, okay. I go, camel clutch? Yeah, yeah, camel clutch, yeah. Okay. Walk up with headlock. I grab him in the headlock. I said, man, he's going to back suplex me. You know, we're not going to, he's not going to haul spot with me. Told me to snatch him in the headlock. He's going to give me a back suplex. Let's face it. Sheik was the, the king of the suplexes. He knew like a dozen suplexes. So I, I snatch him into the headlock. When you get somebody in a back suplex, you pick them up. Your shoulders go back. And you go straight back. He's starting to go back. He's tipping my ass. No, go. Go shake, 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 shake. I'm going out, shake, shake, shake. Hyperextended my neck. Couldn't turn my neck. You, uh, you okay? I said, Sheik, I told you, go easy with that shit. No, no, you fine, Baba, you fine. You fine. You hit your head? I go, no, I didn't hit my head, but I hit my neck. Oh, he's rubbing my neck. You fine, Baba, you fine. Okay, sure. Okay. But, you know, he was Aaron Sheik. She can do no wrong. In my eyes, I'll never talk bad about the Aaron Sheik because he was there for my hero. He was there for him. For some reason, Bruno was downstairs at an arena. He was outside the dressing room, and somehow three or four guys got back there, and they were drunk. And they started shit with Bruno. And Bruno... Tried to fight them all. But he wasn't being too successful because there were like four of them. Sheik was in the shower. Sheik came out bare ass naked and kicked the shit out of all of them. He kicked the shit out of all of them. He beat the hell out of them. So that's the kind of guy Sheik was. Yeah, yeah. And what, do you have any memories of him outside the ring? Outside the arena, even? Well, I wasn't there. But I was told by seven or eight different guys. <laughs> so she's getting on the plane. 
He's got a middle seat. And he goes where he's sitting, and then he sees a woman at the end seat. And he goes, Excuse me, ma'am. I am the Iron Sheik, WWF champion. Would you mind sit in the middle so Sheiky can sit on the ends? Sheiky's big. No. Ma'am. I'm a pro wrestler, WWF champion. Please. I cannot sit in the middle. Please. Can I sit at the end? She goes, no. You fucking whore motherfucker. You fucking. She starts going crazy. Oh my God. Oh my. She gets scared. Stewardess comes, runs, runs over, gets the captain. Looks at the sheik and he goes, what's going on over here? Sheik looks at him and goes, I don't speak English. No English. <laughs> oh my god i remember you told me that one one day we were doing a show and you were in your car yeah that story and the laugh the laugh over yeah i mean there's a lot of stories of mostly stories you'll hear about chic they're the stories about Sheik won't, you know, they're not stories that'll like knock you off. They're all kind of the same, where, you know, he's in the back seat and his main thing is, you know, where and when are we getting the beer? He had to have his beer. Where and when he's getting the beer in his medicine. That's, those are the majority of stories you're going to hear about, about the Iron Sheik. Except when his his room got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> what was taken? He said his medals were taken. <clears throat> Nikolai Volkov was so cheap that he had a hot plate and a pot in a pan with him. So he would cook in the hotel room instead of spending money at a restaurant. So they call the police, and they're down at the front. <laughs> they're down at the front desk, and the cops are there. Sheik is flustered, and he goes, "They stole my medals. They stole Sheiky's medals. Uh, Olympics. Um, I, they stole Sheiky's medals. They break in Sheiky's heart. Spread my medals." And Nikolai goes. And they stole my hot plate and my pot of pen. Officer, you have to do something because they break into the room and they stole. And Volkov cuts him off and he goes, and they stole my hot plate and my pot of pen. And Sheik is going on. You have to make the report. We have to catch these people. They stole very precious to Sheik. You have to. Uh, and you, you have to find my hot plate and my pot of And <laughs> she turns to Nikolai and he goes, Nikolai. Fuck you! Fuck your pots and pans! Fuck you, Nikolai! <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever find the, the medals or the pots and pans? I don't, 
don't, I don't know, but they were. I don't know. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of people after passing away lately, isn't there? You know, superstar Billy Graham as well, and not so long ago, Lanny Poffo, who you had great times with as well. Yeah, I mean, Lanny, I got to tell you, I saw a couple of times throughout the past like five years, and he really was living for his brother. He really was. He was living for his brother. You know, you see him, that's all he talked about was his brother. You know, his, he, he, that's he was really living for him. Um, I, listen, I inboxed him because we were friends on Facebook. And um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, he could. So, um, I inboxed him. I said, Lanny, what are you doing? And he said, what? I go, would you move to another country? He goes, do you see what I'm taking pictures with? I go, yeah, I do. He goes, you should come, brother. And a couple of pictures I saw of those, I'm like, I hope that was just a fan picture because she just she don't look 18. <laughs> you know, oh, God. <laughs> but when I heard he passed away, I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not surprised. You know, I wasn't surprised that he might have died of a heart attack. Look, Maurice. Um, in 12 days, I'm going to be 57 years old. I would be a little nervous if I had like a 23 year old girlfriend, which I would never have. And, you know, <laughs> she was highly active and I'm like, how am I going to, how am I going to keep up with this now? You know what I mean? It's like, even though I got cleared by the cardiologist last year of any blockages whatsoever, I'd still be concerned that, you know what? Um, it wouldn't be a bad way to go, really. No, it wouldn't be a bad way to go, but geez, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, he was having fun. You get, I got to say that. I was shocked when Papo died because he was in good shape. And uh, he was in good shape. Man, he was... Used to, to me, he was fine, but I'm no doctor. But hey, listen, I got my yearly follow up on the uh, uh, in six days at the cardiologist. He said, "Just humor me and come back next year. We'll check you out." And I said, "Okay," but all my pipes were clean, so I was very fortunate and very shocked at the same time because you know I was no Roma. You know what I mean? So I I kind of abused. You know, I'm Italian, so there were there was a lot of pizza and pasta in my life. So I was kind of surprised when they said yeah you're you're good I'm like, oh, man. okay um but yeah i was i was sad with lanny because lanny poffo he's just a gentleman listen most of the guys in pro wrestling were good guys they were good they're good people you know what i mean they, they like i said i don't know what today's wrestling business is like 
as far as the WWE, I'm not there, so I, I don't know. But everybody tried to help each other back then. It, it was it was really tight knit. It was very very small, uh, and tight knit. And um, you know, I, I again, I always feel very fortunate to be in the wrestling business when I was in it because. I, you know, it was just meant to be because I, I don't think I would have enjoyed myself any other, in any other time period, uh, in wrestling. I, you know, I missed the entire Attitude Era. I, you know, I didn't, I never watched it once. You know what I mean? I, I didn't, I wasn't interested in, in that, that. You know, it's like that was probably that was probably something that. You know, it, it was good at the time, but maybe looking back on it now, you might get the same buzz from it, you know, if you'd watched it back then. And, you know, I don't, you know, of course, when you're clicking through the channels, like I was clicking through the channels a couple nights ago and I came upon WOW. And I watched it because, you know, I, I'm a pro wrestling instructor at Paradise Alley and, and, and along with Roma, but. You know, as I tell my students, if you pulled uh, Harley Race, Ric Flair, and, you know, uh, I don't know, Nick Bockwinkle, and all, a couple other guys, uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and say, did you maximize your talent as far as a wrestler? Did you know everything there is to know in the ring? They'd all say no, because you, you never stop learning in professional wrestling you just never stop <clears throat> so although i know how to to take a square piece of clay and mold it into a fully function professional functional professional wrestler you always can learn more stuff especially when it comes to teaching females and right now paradise alley has a lot of females so i watched it and out of out of three matches i got one move that that I kept replaying and watching so I can teach it in the school. I got one move. Everything else were, you know, arm drags and slams and arm bars and we, you know, hip tosses. We headlock takedowns into a head scissor. We all, we do that, all that stuff already. But this was like a crucifix into a sunset flip, something like that. And, um, you know, you can always learn more and uh and and pass that along back then you know everybody was trying to do that everybody was trying to come up with something new everybody was trying to you know improve the matches and and um you know you, you sometimes you get a group of guys especially me at 18 years old every time i come back to the dressing room one of the boys if not the agent himself would go come here come here come here Let's go over the match. You know, you did this good. You was that was great. This was great. You could have did this though. When this happened, you could. You know, that's how you learn. So, yeah, I'm glad I was in the business when I was in it. Um, you know, as I was clicking through the channels back in the '90s, just like watching coming across Wow, um, and not even Wow does it. I mean. Um, what I said to myself back in the 90s, I'll say now, it was a female match, and the females were going in there with basically a G-string, it looked like. And I said to myself, if I want to watch this, I'll go to a strip club 
I don't have to watch pro. <laughs> just go to a strip club if I want to watch this. It's not wrestling. It's just, it's just not. For God's sake, somebody sent me a video. They like aggravating me. People like annoying me. So they sent oh, me. Oh, is that when I send you when I send you the videos of these guys? This was in TNA a few weeks ago, where the guy stapled his head and then yeah. used the oh, pliers to take it out. Yeah, no. That stapled his head. Did you send me the video on the guy that got got caught on fire? Yes, outside the ring. That is not pro wrestling. It's not. That it's is don't work. It's just not professional. Listen, I, I will. I, listen, I've been honest on every podcast I've ever done. That's my policy. I'll admit that a kid kicked my ass. He did. He did. He. I have this law degree hanging up on my wall in my office, and I'm supposed to be you know, smart. Wasn't that smart, you know? And um, it was one of my students in the wrestling school, and um, his name is Gabe, and he is on TikTok, and. He has a ring in the backyard. He does backyard wrestling. And every time he comes to class, I go, listen, you're doing that shit in your backyard. You know, I'm trying to make you into a legitimate professional wrestler. Doing these moves correctly and professionally. I go, you're not going to hit somebody with a fluorescent light here. You're not going to bleed like a pig. You're not, you know, you're not going to, you know, get caught up in barbed wire, you know, the kid, Gabe Sayers, he's on TikTok, he's on YouTube. I kept giving him a hard time. I'm like, to the point where he'd come into the school and I go, you're pissing me off. You're pissing me off doing this stuff. You really are. You... I said, and this is when he gave it to me. I said, Gabe, you are insulting the integrity of the profession I've spent 39 years in. And he said, Mario, I went to college for social media. Those videos are making me money. I said, what? He goes... <laughs> they're making me money I said you know Gabe I never thought of that I never thought of that he said yeah yeah I said you know what I understand now I get it I understand and you know what you, you because of the background and education I have you know you know, who is anybody to deprive anybody of making a living? You're not. You're not. You, you can't deprive anybody of making a living. So I respected him for that. He's just a kid. I respected him for that. I said, I get it. You know, keep bleeding like a pig and slamming fluorescent lights over each other's heads then. You know what I mean? So...
1981. I was 15 years old. <laughs> um, you know, for me, you know, 1981, I was sitting in the New Haven Coliseum watching uh, the Magnificent Morocco, uh, work, you know, wrestle. I have to say wrestle because I was a mark back then. I probably still a mark now. Wrestle Bob Backlund. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, those, you know, that, that, that stuff was fantastic. Uh, you know, I just told, I was talking to big daddy every now and then I tell big daddy, the, the guardian of chaos, big daddy, who, by the way, is doing the color commentary. We're talking Tommy Saban, huge show tomorrow night, fight TV, um, rarefied air, uh, Richard Holland. And we might have some we might have some of this coming up on this channel potentially as well some wrestling yeah. rare fight air his first comeback match after being in remission from lymphoma for a year he 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 took treatment for a year and um he's in full remission he's back in professional wrestling professional wrestling in his first re-debut match will be Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. bell time, live on Fight TV. So, um, but I was telling Big Daddy, who's doing the color commentating, it, you won't want to miss that, Big Daddy doing the color. You just don't want to miss it. Um, I miss being a wrestler. He, he's another guy. He, he's another guy that hasn't showed up on the show in quite a while through numerous invitations. I think you scared them off with all this Vince McMahon stuff, all these guys. Uh, no, no. Big, Big Daddy... You have to understand, Big Daddy. It's, it, 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 you know, Big Daddy. Oh, what are you joking? Big Daddy is the kind of guy that that, uh, you know, if the mood hits him right, you know, what I mean, he he's in. If he feels a little off about anything, he's gonna go. No, nah, I don't want to do it. I don't. I don't want to do it. And you know, uh, there's a world premiere play. Um about professional wrestling that premiered in Brantford, Connecticut. And, um, and I, it, they called me and asked me to come and bring as many people as I could from the school for comps. And, uh, you know, I invited big daddy and like at the last minute, he's like, yeah, sorry, bro. I can't make it. <laughs> you know, was this called uh was this called Ma master of the puppets, Ma thing, puppets. master of uh, master of the puppets so uh okay. master was there any metallica involved in that yeah yes yeah okay. yeah um so that's what it was called and you had victor who was vince I forgot the wife's name, but obviously that was Linda. And then you had a character called the Reaper, which I guess was like, like the Undertaker. Uh, the heavyweight champion, we still can't figure out who he was kind of modeled after. He was a a bigger guy, blonde, uh, kind of Ric Flairish, maybe. Um, you had a storyteller who was kind of his his booker or whatever. Uh, but it, you know, it, it's a good play. I hope it goes far. Uh, believe it or not, the world premiere of it was in Brantford, Connecticut. Um, so 
I saw it twice. And and the actors and the and the guy who wrote it really appreciated me going uh, to watch it, and I critiqued it for him. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they mentioned um, there's a there's a character in there you don't see him; they only talk about him. His name is Angel. So anytime the wife would get mad at Victor, he she'd go an Angel, and you go never that name was never to be mentioned ever. Ever again, ever so. Angel um, was having some emotional problems, and he went home, and he killed his wife and one kid, and then killed himself. So we know they were, but yeah, they were referring to Benoit there. So uh, Vince plotted to have uh, Victor. Victor plotted to have his wife killed, and they kind of had the gun to her back, and. She said, um, which was the only real wrestler's name in the whole play. The only one. Well, now she mentioned in the beginning, they were talking about Madison Square Garden and they were talking about Bruno Sammartino and Killer Kowalski. But this, she said, you have the gun to my back. Even when they killed Bruiser Brody, they killed him from right in front, from the front. You know, and I'm like... <laughs> Those were the only two things I really didn't like about the play. Other than that, I found it very, um, very interesting. They have a glossary in the program. So the non-wrestling fans would understand the terminology. So they had a glossary in there, a kayfabe, a shoe, a work, you know, all, all the you know, jobber. Ham and Ager, they, they have a whole glossary in there. So I'm hoping that it takes off. And I'm very nice people doing the play. And, and TV and Hollywood personalities are doing it. They're not like schleps. These people have been around for a while. So, um, and you know. Evan Ginsberg was in. He met you there. Evan was the producer of the movie The Wrestler. Remember that with Mickey O'Rourke? Oh, yeah, yeah. Evan, I, I met Evan. The, the Sunday I went, I met Evan. Um Kinsberg there yeah yeah nice guy too yeah he, he was a really nice guy he was and, and he made a post that said he you know he saw it I met Mario Mancini there he said so, and he said he'll do a review on it so um yeah Evan was a nice tall guy he's a tall guy like towered over me <laughs> I've, I've I've only seen him I've only seen most of you guys in like uh Zoom or StreamYard form until next year when we're all in Philadelphia. Well, yeah, but yeah, well, I don't know, Maurice. You look, you look about five foot four. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm leaning up. I'm, there's there's books underneath me. I'm actually smaller. <laughs> Mom, I'm gonna look like two of you when I'm standing next. To you. <laughs> Your jacket size must be about a forty. You know uh, the. Well, you're you're. In I don't know, like the American size. American size. Well, yeah, this this is a medium. Yeah, this is a double XL. I don't know what that means? So, yeah, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, Evan's Evan Evan was a very nice guy. Yeah, he was he was a nice guy. So yeah. We'll talk a little bit before we wrap up on the old Paradise Alley. I know, like, you've got show tomorrow night on Fight TV. 
what's the story with the the brewery show? It's it's been put off for another week, is it? No, we had it last Saturday. Um, it was cold. Oh, you had it. Yeah, it was cold. It okay. Was cold. So um, our next schedule was for July first. Kind of John Armada, who's the owner of the brewery, and myself agreed we weren't too comfortable with that date because um, that's the Fourth of July weekend. And we don't know what kind of crowd we're going to pull on a holiday weekend. So we postponed it till July 8th. So July 8th was, you know, it was, it, 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 he had a keg, couple kegs set up out there and he had beer out there. There was a food truck. Um, it was a really good time. And the most important thing for me, for me, I don't give a shit about me, but I want to make sure these kids, um, I want to make sure these kids, we were, we were talking about sure you earlier, just got on big daddy after I put you over completely. So I'm just because of the respect I have, oh, the respect for big daddy. I, I will repeat it again. Tomorrow night, live on Fight TV, Rare Fight Air, Richard Holiday's first comeback after recovering from cancer. Big Daddy will be doing the commentary. Now, I know if you if you guys around Ireland, around the United States, order this. You're getting it for the wrestling. I have to tell you, some of the two premier females in the country today are going to be on this show. They're going to be on this show. And I know you're going to be tuning in for the wrestling. I do know this. But I promise you this. It's $9.99. When that show is over, you will say that money was worth just listening to Big Daddy do the show. Just listening to him doing the commentary is worth the $9.99 getting the show. Because he's got a talent and a character that Megan Bain, yeah, Megan Bain versus Nikki Duke. Um, two premier female wrestlers here in the United States today. And Holiday's going against Big Bacon, Brad Hollister. Um, but listening to Big Daddy it, itself is a treat. He's, you know, I'll say it again. If, if you want to listen to somebody commentate about pro wrestling and you want to put Bobby Heenan, Lou Albano, the Grand Wizard of Wrestling, and Freddie Blassie all in a one guy, that's the Guardian of Chaos, Big Daddy. That, and even a little touch of Jesse Ventura. So he, you know, him and and talking Tommy Saban will be doing the blow by blow, and um, you know, hopefully, again tomorrow night, along with the brewing company. My point is this: I don't give a shit about me. As long as my kids have an experience. As long of the as my kids have a good time, because there's no sense doing this if you're not going to have a good time. As long as they have a good time, I'm happy. And let me tell you something: everybody had a ball 
at the brewery. Everybody had a blast. I mean, it was so much fun. Thought about you, Maurice. I said, what a shame. This guy would have been through like his yeah. 13th beer by now. Either that. Beer and wrestling. That, or you, Because it's a microbrewery. They make their own beer. Either that or you would have said, what is this shit? And <laughs> Because you are probably Irish. Went, probably went and got whiskey. Yeah, yeah, you, you Irishmen are tough when it comes to beer. It's Guinness or bust. But I'm sure they have a delicious, yeah. I'm sure they have a delicious dark draft there at Armada Brewing Company. That's why when we go to Philadelphia next year, you need to pack up Paradise Alley. I said it to Paul Robe, and he was like, I don't think we can do that. I said, I'll just pack it up and put it in the back of a van and just drive to Philadelphia. Yeah, we'll set, we'll uh, we'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott I don't think Paul thought I was. So, yeah, no. I, I listen. Scott Wilder. He, I was talking to him last night. He wants me to go up to Saratoga Springs. I don't mind doing it, but you know, you need a license to to hold a wrestling show in the state of New York. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he'll be next close. year in in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, Big Daddy. They're going to pack it up in a van. Did they tell you that yet? Yeah, he wants us to run a wrestling show, Big Daddy, in Philadelphia at the WrestleCon, near the WrestleCon. Um, I don't know. We gotta, we gotta talk to, we gotta talk to Roma. Roma. Roma's crazy. He's during the day on the, during the day, during the day on the Friday, or during the day on the Saturday. Or during the day on the Sunday, in that gap, that gap there between um, WrestleMania and us waking up and starting drinking. Random question thing. Asking Mancini who would win in some dream matches. You can you can ask him whatever you want. I'm sure he'll answer it. Throw two guys up there, brother. Go ahead. I put him on the spot. Fantasy booking. I yeah. Put him on the spot. Well, I'll give you listen, one before we before he gets in. Uh, I, I'll give you I'll give you a hint because nobody knows Roma like I do. So Roma said, "I don't think we can get that. I don't think we can do that." Say Roma. There's a twenty five hundred dollar booking fee aside from. The show. If you can confirm that you can bring PPW to Philadelphia separately on the side, you'll just be handed twenty five hundred bucks for for setting the whole deal up. He'll go. Where's the location? <laughs> <laughs> He'll be mad. I said twenty five hundred. He'll call me tonight and go. You should have said five thousand. <laughs> All right. So gang. Gang, um, George, you have to remember something. Uh, ENT Bundy, my dear friend Chris, uh, if you watch his earlier stuff, he was Mario Mancini at one time in the WWF or the WWW. He was a jobber, uh, he had a head full of hair, you know. Uh, he went to another territory. 
and was working there, shaved his head, gained some weight, and became King Kong Bundy. But if you watch his early stuff, you'll see how good of an athlete Chris really was. Chris was an excellent, excellent wrestler. I watched a lot of his early stuff, and he was a great wrestler. He wasn't just a forearm body slamming guy, you know, giving you forearm smashes and, and, and chops and then just give you an avalanche. Chris can really work. Chris can really work uh, and work really well. He was a good, he, he was a good Greco-Roman style wrestler. So I have to give the edge to Bundy there uh, with the one man gang versus, versus Bundy. Um, uh, I, I would, that's, that's a great match. That match would sell out Madison Square Garden. Who's the baby face? Who's the baby face? Or, or is it a tweener? Or is it two heels? Two heels going against each other. But somebody's going to turn into a baby face. Superstar Billy Graham. All right, ENT, listen to me very closely. Superstar Billy Graham was a great personality. Tremendous. Great promos. Great physique. Okay? He drew a lot of people. He was a great character superstar Billy Graham but you're put him in you're putting him in the ring with a shooter a scientific wrestler so it, it's really hard to to pick a winner on that one if you're gonna pick a winner out of popularity because I've said it on another podcast that if they pointed to Hulk Hogan and said you know what we changed our mind it's not gonna be you we're not doing Hulkamania. We're going to stick with superstar Billy Graham. I think he could have done the same thing. I think he could have exploded the wrestling business. I think he could have done the same thing. He had the personality to do it. He was hot. So based on that, you'd put superstar Billy Graham over. If you want to talk about wrestling ability, half of a shoot, you got to give it to the Iron Sheik. You know what I mean? But Graham... Because of his persona, definitely, definitely would go over, go over on that match. But mm -hmm. he, just like the way he beat Bruno with two feet on the ropes, he'd find a find a way to cheat and beat the Sheik. Absolutely. Check this one out. <clears throat> <laughs> I already broke it down, Big Daddy. You're gonna have to watch the replay. I broke the whole. I broke the whole. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it, it, I, I, when it was over, I looked at everybody and it went, "No, it was good. We liked it. We enjoyed it. It was good. It was good. It was funny. You know, it was funny. Um, you know, those actors and actresses worked hard in that play. So, um, you know, hopefully." Hopefully it'll go somewhere after after Brantford, Connecticut. It's a, it's at Stony Creek, and uh, Brantford, Connecticut. Um, so Master of Puppets. Hopefully it goes it goes somewhere. Look it up, guys. Uh, Master of the Puppets in Brantford, Connecticut, and uh, hopefully it'll it'll go somewhere. Is it the time of the show where I reveal who didn't show up tonight? Yeah, who didn't show up, Maurice? 
Oh, man, let me tell you something. You would have had me on my ass. That would have been a explosive show. I wouldn't have got a word in it. I would have been laughing the whole time. I would have a, I would have a, a blaring headache right now from laughing so hard. I'm surprised if you told him I was going to be here, I was surprised he didn't pop right on. That's how close we are. Yeah. He must be working or yeah. something. Um, he he did say though he did say that he will come on at some point. So yeah, he uh, will. Yeah. No, no, Jose's good at his, at his word. He will. Let me tell you, I can have the ho most horrible day, bad mood. What I got in that dressing room, and I got what? Oh, what Jose? Because he would start right off. You know, I'll never forget the first day he called me that. He goes, hey, Mencinita. I go, what? Mencinita. I go, wouldn't that be like a girl? <laughs> wouldn't that be like a girl? <laughs> and, I, and I just started laughing. And I'm like, only Jose. For the entire time I was there. I said, Mencinita. How you doing? You know, oh my God, he he was just hilarious. I've seen a couple of interviews with him, and he's just he's just straight up, like, isn't he? Well, listen, if like you, don't you know, in terms like you just if you don't know him, he's going to be straight up. But if he's on here with me. <sighs> Well, listen, what I, was hoping for. I I stopped my car. Must have been four or five months ago. I stopped my car and pulled it over because somebody inboxed me and said, Jose Luis Rivera passed away. And let me tell you something. My, my, I started I started shaking. I was like, this can't be true. And I just started Googling and Googling and looking and looking and looking. And it was a, an ex-wrestler's name, Jose Rivera, passed away. And he was older. So I went into Instant Messenger, and I went, brother. And he went, Manzanita. And I went, oh. oh I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God. I was like, I was like, Thank There was God. actually. scared the shit out of me. He goes, that wrestler that died, right? I go, yeah, oh, my God. God, I go, I can't tell you. I go, I love you, brother. Please, I don't do that to me. You know, it was like, it was terrible. There was a rumor yesterday going around that uh, an ex-guy on WCW who was a enhancement talent passed away. And all these uh, big websites reported this. And his son came out and said, my dad isn't dead like and like these were all the big the big websites were reporting this and even Chris Jericho picked up on it on Twitter last night because he was one of Jericho's first matches in WCW and he goes sorry to hear about the passing of just can't remember the guy's name at the moment but put it out there and his son wrote underneath Jericho's tweet and said my dad's alive you know? wow it's all these rumors like it's crazy like I I couldn't put out like a thing that said someone was dead unless you have fucking proof like you know well, Maurice, this is the, you found out the real reason why, the legitimate reason why I do cheap heat. 
on a monthly basis so people can see that I am still alive. That's the real reason why. So those nasty, <laughs> those nasty rumors don't, don't start just so they can say, oh, look, Mario's still alive. I, you know, I don't know. Because I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I think maybe when you do pass away, I don't think you're going to get that intro at the start of Raw or SmackDown, are you? No. No. In fact, I would encourage people tonight to watch Friday Night Raw, or is it Monday Night SmackDown? Friday Which Night one? SmackDown. What is it? Friday Night SmackDown. Friday Night. I would yeah. encourage people to watch that because I'm sure in the beginning of the show they're going to have a very eloquent tribute to one of the pioneers in this business, the Iron Sheik. Yes. Um, you know. Sheik started it all. Started all of it. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I have respect for the Sheik. Don't forget, you know, Hulkamania was huge. But just like a true jobber would say, if the Sheik didn't do the job for him, then Hogan wouldn't have got over like he did. And I was in the garden that night. Seven months be before I turned pro. So if you watch the the birth of Hulkamania on YouTube, you'll see a pudgy senior in high school with a gray leisure suit on, putting his arm around the sheik to get him back to the dressing room. Now, you're not going to recognize me because, number one, I was 17 years old. And number two, I had a very huge huge mop of hair which i don't have now so even when i look back at that i kind of and big daddy will be happy about this and go back about time mancini it kind of blows my mind that number one i didn't even turn pro yet until that july seven months later i'm 17 years old in madison square garden on the night that Hogan takes the belt from the Sheik, and I'm involved in getting Sheik back to the dressing room. Who, who gets to do that? Who gets to do that? I mean, I was, I was there holding Roddy Piper back in the war to settle the score in that same damn leisure suit. The same suit I did Tuesday Night Titans with. Who? It's the only suit I had, and at yeah. that was my brother's. So, how the hell does a kid get to do that? So, you know what? I'm very blessed. I'm very thankful. I'm very humble um, that I was able to experience what I, I, I experienced. And I'm very thankful for that, regardless of the decisions I've made over the past year that might have made me look like I wasn't too thankful at all. But um I was I I was thankful and I and I am I am thankful. Um you know what what I've done over the past year I'm a man with three daughters. You know, um I'm a man with three daughters and so I kind of took that personally is to to explain my actions. So um yeah. Maurice, we you might want to that's we we might want to start this podcast at six o'clock because 
we're really getting a lot of action here. But you people have to realize that my brother here, Maurice, he's in Ireland. And it might be 6.05 here in East Haven, Connecticut. But it is 11.05 in Ireland. And this man has young children. So it's very... <laughs> It's very hard for him to start later. You know, he'd rather start at 10 o'clock and end at 11. Plus, he's, a you know, got a job like me. And sleep, although I do see Maurice on as later than I ever thought I'd say, does this guy ever sleep? It's like... Yeah, except, I, except for last night. I went to bed early last night, and I managed to miss my alarms and wake up 20 minutes before work. And normally, I might only get maybe three or four hours sleep. Last well, night, I got nearly eight hours sleep, and it was fucking nearly late for work. Sometimes it's like 10, 15 while I'm sitting there watching TV, and I just look at my phone, and I can see the green dot there, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, Maurice, does he ever go to bed? So I see I see up there at 3.30 in the morning where you are, and I was like, this dude's not sleeping. It's nice to be young nice to be young yeah i was i was young once sometimes How... sometimes it's either it's either one or two things it's either the baby waking or it's the jameson yeah it, the, or the jameson the upper tier the upper tier i'm gonna guess this isn't gospel please don't start writing in and going he's got his head up his ass that's not why <laughs> i don't know Mario, no, he's, he's, he's cool about. he's cool don't worry the upper upper tier is this is my guess upper tier this is this was really cool so when fred blassie couldn't get a, a, around like he used to they put him in the office and freddie's job listen to this if you got lost on the road and called the office freddie freddie told you where to go i swear to god i was on the phone with freddie blassie one time in the middle of huntsville alabama and I go, Freddie, I'm lost. I can't find the arena. I just went into a military base, and they kicked me out. I go, they had a big, did I have a big missile there? And I go, yeah. He goes, okay, did you take a left or a right out of there? I mean, the guy knew the whole country, nook and cranny. So when he couldn't get around anymore because of his knees, they put him in the office. So my guess is when Freddie was a little too old to make it anymore, they just slipped slick in there to take Freddie's place. I tell you what, maybe the next time we will start it at um, six o'clock. Well, let's let's tell this to the fans. How about this for the guys who tuned in? Um, because what you guys are doing, I thoroughly enjoy. I really, really do. So I highly recommend that the next time we do this podcast, and you get notice on my Facebook or Maurice's page that we're doing we're doing it. Let's do a question and answer podcast. I'll answer all the questions to the best of my ability that you pop up. You know, the whole audience could be our guest on the next show. It'd be Mario Mancini and friends and just pop up yeah. all the questions you want. And I'll answer every question that I can. Um, so Q&A I, next month. That's what yeah. we're doing. Q and Q and A next uh, next GP. Excellent. Well, enjoy your enjoy your show tomorrow. And for people that want to check it out, Fight TV tomorrow, Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, and Rare hopefully some of the action will be here on this channel.
come on, guys. Support Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling, man. Do that for me. Nine ninety nine. Watch Richard Holiday come out. It's nine ninety nine. We'll check you again, Good night, guys. God bless. God bless.